Welcome to Triple H 100.1 FM and the Street Beat Program. I'm here with Mick Maher, Councillor of Ward A at Hornsby Shire Council. Hi Mick, how are you going? I'm, I'm really good, thanks Martin, and, and, and thanks for asking me to, uh, to be on your show. I appreciate it. <laughs> Don't know if it's a show, let's just keep it as a chat. <laughs> chat. chat. <laughs> um, anyway, the point of this, I've spoken to a couple of other councillors, is for the community to get to know you a bit. Those who go to council meetings would know who you are or anyone's um, been in contact with you directly know you. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and also tell us a bit about Ward A, which is the area you represent. Okay, um, thanks. Well, uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm Mick Ma. Um, I'm the A Ward councillor. Uh, my wife and I have been uh, married for many, many years, 40, over 40 years, got three children, three grandchildren, and it's great. Um, I've got a, a broad employment background. I've uh, worked in uh, uh, building and construction, uh, automotive, community services, conservation and land management, uh, and, and fitness and um, combat sports. Uh, I have a degree, three diplomas, and numerous certificates on various subjects. Uh, I'm a member of the ALP, the BDCA, which is the Brow District Community Association, uh, the Alternative Technology Association, BMAC, and several other environmental and community organisations. I'm a volunteer bush regenerator. Um, and I work for, uh, and I worked in that field and have qualifications in it. Uh, my family and I try to live in a sustainable manner, and we uh, try to use solar power, and I don't know if anyone's seen me on my little scooter. I scoot around the place between trains. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> uh, our solar-powered house, um, we, we built it well over 30 years ago. We had solar power 20 years ago, solar hot water from the day one. Um, uh, it's a uh, little bit chilly in winter, but not compared to our other places we've slept in. Um, uh, it's got a, uh, it, it's very ergonomically, well ergonomically designed. It's got a uh, rooftop garden. We've kept the bush out the front and made it so it's not a hazard. Uh, we've got an, an active uh, recreation area that's undercover, that can be used all the time for all sorts of stuff from uh, training to playing tennis, to play sports, to hang on clothes. And uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. Um, and I'll, um, I'll tell you a little bit more about myself uh, as we go along. Well, that sounds great. And I noticed we'll talk about this later on. You've got an item on the agenda this month um, on um, weeds or something. So I can see where that's yeah. coming from. We'll talk about that later yeah. on. Yeah. Tell me about Ward A and the, um, the boundaries and, and um, you know, your, your, your relationship with the people in the community more specifically. Yeah, well, yeah, well I've been, as I said, I'm a member of the uh, Barara District <coughs> Community Association. Um, I've... Uh, was directly involved with uh, lots of the sporting clubs. Yeah, children grew up here, the schools, uh, and, and, and everything's close, except for the pool, which I imagine we're gonna talk about later. Um, and um, there, there are some issues. The biggest issue from what I can see from the people around me is parking, traffic, and transport. Um, they have trouble getting to Hornsby um, and finding parking. Uh, to have a similar story to the people of Brooklyn and the people of Barara Waters. Um, and so the main issue for most of them is, is, is not is having to travel for, for facilities. Uh, 
the bushland, uh, recent, recent reports, a recent uh, study from my memory uh, by Hornsby Council, and I can't remember exactly when it was, but it's a recent one, uh, showed that, uh, said, it said that over 50% of the people were, did bushwalking and walking regularly. Um, around the same as that, did some sort of physical um, activity, exercises, aerobics and dancing and all that other sort of stuff. 25% uh, played, I think, field sports from memory and around 18% of the population swam. Uh, and many, there were many activities caught in enclosed areas and they were, from my memory, um, such as aerobics and um, all those sorts of things. So uh, we're doing pretty good up here in Barrow. It's a really nice place to live. Um, and it's really nice coming through the bush, past the bush. There's quite a few weeds there too. And I would like to get rid of those weeds. Um, uh, to, to this lovely place, you know, out in the bush, just a bit away from the the main um, the main suburb or the main thing of Hornsby. It's interesting, you know, because um, we're, we're in my hat at the Pennant Hills District Trust. We did a bit of a survey of uh, the statistics of people using their Opal card. And a lot of people who are coming into Barara, Brooklyn, not so much Cowan, I guess, um, were, were commuters. And that contributed to the parking problems. Have you noticed anything like that? Yes, yes, I do. Um, uh, they built a car park up here. Oh, God, I don't remember how many, five, maybe 10 years ago. And I was one of a few people here who, who were against it because everybody said, oh, we can't, we can't get any parking. But now, although not now, we now we've got the coronavirus, um, but now up to that point, um, we were flooded with cars from all over the place. So people from in, outside of the Shire, but also people from inside the Shire, Brooklyn and those places, were coming up here and parking up here um, and leaving their car. And there were, there were cars for a kilometre down the Pacific Highway on either side and into the suburbs. Uh, we've got a lot of car parking spaces here and they used to be all full, but they weren't full up until I built the car park, <laughs> all right, <laughs> which is yeah. amazing. Because everybody, everybody wanted a parking space but then when they built the more parking spaces, it just brought more people in. And I know a lot of people in Barara who don't park at Barara, especially if they're a bit late. If they go there early, they can get a parking spot. But if they're, if they're 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock starters, they won't find a place anywhere and you've been walking distance and they'll, they'll go somewhere else. I, I guess the thing in, in the area is that <coughs> it's, it's the end of the sort of the suburban railway line. And I used to live yep. in Barara myself in the 90s. Yeah. So I sort of yeah. remember that sort of long walk to the station <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. And there's no yeah. buses running or you're stranded yeah. at Hornsby in pre right. Uber days and you've got to try and get yeah. home. And I didn't have a scooter yeah. like you've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that in itself is interesting. What I find unique about your representation in that area is, is you're right on the edge of the suburban side of Ward A and the rural side yeah. of Ward A. Do you have much yep. involvement over over the other side of Barara Creek in the Galston, Beverly, Arcadia area? Because you do represent that area. I, I do have some. N not as much as Warren Waddell, my other colleague, uh, his Liberal Party colleague, my Liberal Party colleague. Um, he, 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 he's, uh, he's a good representative over there. But I have a fair bit to do there. I've, I, I've been over there a lot. I, I When I grew up over here, we used to go over there every week to see our friends and all that sort of stuff. So, and they do have their own separate issues, and it's it's a tricky it's a tricky place over there. With this, um, we've been changing the the um, uh, 
getting surveys to see what the people's view are on various things. We've been surveying the public, the general public, and part of those was the rural areas. And there are some people who absolutely don't want any change at all because they just love it so much the way it is. And other people want to chop it all up so that they can sell up and move on or so that their family can afford to live there or all these other sorts of reasons. So it's a very interesting area. Um, and there are a lot of, um, a lot of conflicting views and it's, it, 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 it is a difficult, a very difficult area in some regards to that they have the same areas, the same problem as us in some areas. Uh, they have a great big line of traffic down through some of the streets going to the city. They have, uh, they have uh, some places don't have footpaths. Uh, yeah. they, they say the roads are all lumpy and bumpy and we wonder what it would be like if we had more people or less people there, I don't know. Thanks for that. Let's, let's go down the path of uh, <coughs> council processes, I guess, if, if you don't mind. Uh, this is the week yesterday, the council minutes, sorry, agenda came out. Uh, so you've yep. got 10 days to get yourself organised. What's, what's this week like for you in the lead up to the council meeting next Wednesday? Well, there's always going to be changes. So I've had a quick look through all the stuff. And I, uh, so far, I haven't seen anything that needs any great, a great deal of attention at the moment. But I will be having a look this weekend. I've been really busy with, um, with this coronavirus and uh, my wife, uh, I got sick. And then my mother-in-law got sick. I'm sorry to hear that. Five of them, that's all right, they're all okay. Good. They're all alive and kicking. Oh, I brought my mother home from the hospital, mother-in-law from hospital yesterday. And we're just gonna go out and do some shopping for them today. Uh, and my wife's got a crook leg and she can't drive the car. So I haven't been getting a lot of exercise on my scooter, which is really uh, not, not all that uh, good for me because I need to burn up a bit of energy. Um, so I, about the only thing on the next meeting um, was deferred, sorry, the motion on the, on the last meeting that I had up was for the weeds and that was deferred till this meeting. So that's, that's what I'll be concentrating on. Well, you're happy to tell us a bit about that motion because that's the motion. Take us through the steps of getting a motion organised for the council and things like well, that. Well, what we, well, I'm a part of BMAC, the Bushland Advisory Committee. So over the, over the years, I've been a member of that. I'm a member, I'm a council member now, but prior to that, I was a, uh, a uh, volunteer member. <laughs> People put me up to these jobs and I, I've, I've had a lot to do with BMAC. I, I remember uh, listening to Janelle talk about the um, um, sustainable committee and, and I was on the sustainable committee as well, a prior ones. And um, um, that's how... I got onto the Bushland Advisory Committee was, was sort of by that. So we, we passed the motion, uh, the various elements of that through the, through the Advisory Committee. And at the meetings, we were discussing several elements. One was the continuing, supposedly continuing amount of weeds that are growing up, especially along the railway lines. You've just had some down, pulled up at the, around Beecroft and those areas. I've just done a, a fair bit down there. Well, there's a fair bit to be done up here too but also how it's spreading. And we're looking for ways of, and also the 
the, the quality of work by contractors. There'd been quite a fair bit of negative feedback from various places, particularly down in your area, about the work of contractors on government land and how they weren't actually um, conservation people. They were lawn mowers. They lawn mow lawns and that sort of stuff and they don't really... And so there's been some discussion on that. And so we decided that we'd have a workshop to try and sort all these, get all these elements together and try and work out and see if we can get some more funding for them. The problem with weeds and those sorts of things is that it does cost money to get rid of them. But if you can train the people early and, and when they see that bit of lantana growing out there along the road, if someone was going down there sweeping the thing and they just pull them out as they went along, it would save a lot of money. So it's just looking, going to look at all those elements of trying to manage the increased weeds, especially when we get some rain in the Shire, because we live in the Bushland Shire and not the Weed Shire. <laughs> some places <laughs> it's a Weed Shire. <laughs> Thanks for that. Well, because well, that will give a bit of context when we get to that um, item in the agenda if people want to follow yeah. it up. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned bushland a lot, um, uh, walking trails, Wacumba pools, as you said. What's been done or what would you like to be done in relation to connecting the different suburbs by walking trails? Yeah, well, again, we've got to talk about it. We've, we have this connection, like we have, we'll use a whole lot. Um, there are walking trails planned, say, from between here and Cowan, uh, walking between Barara and Mount Keringa and Mount Kola. I, as I said, I've been doing a bit of driving recently and, and, and I nearly ran over a person on the road on the Pacific Highway the other day because there's no footpath between Mount Karingai and Mount Karingai Station. Um, and other things, and the same could be said about Mount Karingai Industrial Area. There's no footpaths. Mm -hmm. There's no, and there's weeds growing out, out to, the, to the road. Mm. Um, and so it... it it, it, it needs to be done. I've, I've had several people from Cowan, they have a one hour train service there. We used to have a one hour train service, but mm. we've got a, a bit better now. That means if they miss that train by a minute, they have to wait an hour for another one. Yet they're only about three kilometres away from right. the Briara train station. But if they do, they've got to walk on the road. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it, so we need, definitely need to try and do something about it. But it's the same old problem with the weed. Where's the money come from? Um, to widen the footpath to Mount, to uh, uh, from between Cowan and Barrow would be very expensive. Um, what's the alternatives? Yeah, we also have we also have the thing of cycleways where we went down a, we went down to uh, uh, Beecroft and Cheltenham a few months ago to have a look at the um, proposed cycleway there, and and people came out of their houses waving their fists. And we don't want any more cycleways here. And but when we actually looked at it, and when they actually said it, we need to do the whole job because we were at then having a cycleway from nowhere to nowhere. Mm. Uh, and now we've got one up here at Barrera. We've got a cycleway up Barrera Waters Road. But in several of those areas, they're in squeeze points. That's where you're riding your bike and the cars and the bikes have to merge. Lots of those. There's no cycleway around the shops either end and it's about probably going to be the same at Beecroft and Cheltenham and other places so we really have to design it properly so that the cycleways the footpaths go from somewhere to somewhere not just a bit in the middle and I think that's the key point. 
That's good. Thanks. And I remember that gives me a bit of clarity because I remember you were the councillor when they were talking about the Cherrybrook precinct who brought up the notion of active transport, which was cycling. Yes. That was, yes, that was, a, yeah, that was at the recent council meeting. Let's go briefly because you could talk for hours on this because I've heard yep. you at council meetings about the pool. Do you want to give yeah. people a sort of like the, the media 60-second th grab on the whole pool issue in Barara? Well, the pool has been going on for a long time. Um, if you have a look at the council, well, the recent uh, plan, the delivery delivery plan, you'll see that we don't make money out of anything except for the pools and the indoor sports centre. So there's two pools and indoor sports centre, and I think they've got a budget of about fifty thousand to go towards them. Supposedly the operations, that's the operations of those, and the libraries, footpaths, roads. Uh, uh, parks, playing fields, cultural centres, they don't make money. Mm -hmm. And the only ones I have any chance of making any money on are pools and indoor sports. And uh, according to most of all the reports we've said, some say it might lose 100,000, some say it may make 100,000. But at the moment, I think of the last budget, from memory, the pools and indoor sports made money. But none of the bables did nor the parks, nor the libraries, nor the cultural centres, not, not anything, nothing, nothing made money except for that. So it's a strong reason. Uh, there was a recent study, the Barara needs analysis, and it showed that 50% of the population believed we should have had a pool. We need to put some sort of swimming facility. Uh, only 10% or so asked for more ovals or more parks. Uh, as a matter of fact, more parks was asked for and it wasn't even included in the survey um, and, and better footpaths. So, you know, we, we do we do need that pool. Uh, people of Brower also, we paid for it. We were the only ones that paid for our our own community centre, our $10 million community, it cost $10 million to build it today. Well, residents had to pay for that, but no one in Hornsby had to pay for theirs. I mean, not that they got one. <laughs> um, and we'll bring that up, what Hornsby doesn't have in a minute. Um, uh, but no one else did. Cherrybrook didn't. Uh, um, uh, Penalty Hills didn't. Uh, no one else paid for their multi-million dollar community centre, but but we did. So and, and the pool would be a great would be of a great benefit. Haunted pools full. So it, 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 it's been on the record as being full now. They're talking about doing extensions and chopping up Hornsby Park more. Uh, local facilities have been shown to be. Um, of, a, of, a, of a very a very important thing for everything. Uh, as a matter of fact, at the last Olympic Games, as I remember it, here we are, Australia, the best swimmers in the world, and we got beaten by the Poms. And the reason, and the reason is simple: they have small twenty-five metre pools in every major suburb. You just go along there. That's part of them providing their services for their people. A twenty-five metre pool in most major suburbs. They have a twenty-five indoor pool with a gym and so we had we got flogged by the pommies in swimming never heard of it before <laughs> and if you want more people to do it they gotta have somewhere to do it <laughs> all right thanks mick you, you did well there you built your case <laughs> all right I'll, let's let's do one more thing i've talked to everyone about this and i want to be fair and i've told you this about before uh, there's this book by um uh, uh, 
a lady, Andrea Cullen, and she's called, it's called the independent effect. And I know you're not an independent, but the, what the concept is about for the listeners is when people who are elected, they either either are elected as trustees because people trust them because of their integrity, their work background and their community involvement to make decisions to help the community or their delegates where they consult with the community and then represent their viewpoints to council or whatever. Tell me, and there's a hybrid model. So tell me, have you ever thought of your representation in that space and how it applies? Uh, not, not really. Some people, um, some people think of me as a, uh, as a, uh, as a lead. Other people think of me as a figurehead. Other people think of me as an organizer and other people as a, a strategist. And other people try very, very hard not to think of me at all because they don't like me. Um, <laughs> we, but a councillor has to be, has to be uh, you know, the process is cooperative, but it's also divisive because we are competing with each other. As a councillor's compete with each other and competing with all the other, all the other departments and the bureaucracy. So it is a very difficult job. So I, I haven't read that book either, I'm afraid. I, um, Relatively new I, in fairness to you. It's only been out for a few months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I did do a fair bit of sociology when I studied at uni and those sorts of things. And you could, you could, you know, work it out many, many ways of, uh, of, of, of what, what a counsellor does. But every, but a lot of people look at you differently. What many people, say to me, including some of my fellow councillors from the other parties and the things, is that at least I've been there. And I haven't had a chance to tell you about my upbringing, but um, uh, once you hear about my upbringing and uh, that sort of stuff, well, you can see that I have, I've been there. I didn't come from a privileged background. I sure never lived in a palace. Well, you can unpack that now. Why not now if you want to? All right. Well, well, well when I was young, uh, I was born uh, in Bulleye, went back to New Guinea where my father was a builder after the Second World War. Then we moved around and went to uh, Brisbane and central uh, things. And then back to Brisbane and uh, I never understood it at the time, but he probably had post-traumatic stress or something or other after the war. It was a shot, an action, all that other sort of stuff. Uh, and it was a violent relationship. So I moved, we moved, left him. Um, Mum, unfortunately, was an alcoholic, and every time she got hooked up with someone, they seemed to be an alcoholic too, and seemed to be violent. And so that sort of carried on until they took me away and put me in a, a boys' home, or three boys' homes. Didn't go to school. Uh, and my life changed when I got my mother, I found another partner, and I said, well, you can have him back. And <laughs> no one else wanted me. And, and, and so I went back and we lived in Hornsby in a little one bedroom um, flat, I suppose you'd call it, a dump really. And, and, then, and then I went to Hornsby, Hornsby Primary School and I actually went to the school for change and uh, uh, went to Ascot Boys High and never really, uh, never really did anything too exciting. I was an asthmatic, I was really sick. I was overweight, I wasn't any good at sport, and that's probably part of the reason it sort of pushed me on to swimming. But the only thing I could do was swim, 
but I wasn't fit enough to be an infant great. But I, well, I could, win, could win a couple of races, but I couldn't run. I'd run up the end of a road and get sick. And no one really wanted me on their team. No one wants the slowest person on the team. So anyway, I went to Ascot Boys High, uh, got um, left there at about 14, and then I did all my different jobs. I did some building and some motor mechanic work and did a few martial arts, didn't learn anything pretty well. Uh, moved around, lived in it from one dump to another. Uh, then I met my lovely wife, Janelle, and life changed for me and we got married and uh, I took up, uh, I, I, I had studied martial arts in, or combat sports, but I'd learned many, many, many styles, uh, but none of them very, very well. And I stuck to one and I won a couple of Australian titles and uh, built the sustainable house uh, 35 odd years ago and been happily married ever since. And an interesting conversation I had was with uh, Jack Charles, uh, uh, redeveloped Blackfellow, whatever he calls himself. And, um, um, and I talked to him one day and he was talking about his life experience and how he, he had a similar upbringing as I did um, up until school and up until I hit Hornsby. Um, and uh, he, uh, he said to me, did they get to you? Uh, did they get to you? In other words, did they rape me and have sex with me? And I said, no, they didn't. They didn't get to me. Uh, so they weren't interested. But I know now, I mean, you don't know things when you're a boy, when you're just a child. But I know now there are a lot of people in there being got to. Um, so that's, uh, that's roughly my life story. I think I, I left school, I couldn't read and write, and I think when I was studying community services in TAFE, I'd had a degree and I was trying to improve myself. I was working in community services and I was a top student in Australia. So to win something was far better than being an Australian Thai boxing champion or kickboxing champion or Taekwondo champion. Far better to win that award from TAFE for being the top student in uh, community services. I can't remember what year it was. It was a while ago. So there we go. Thank you. To the end. Thank you very much for sharing that. <laughs> Seems a little bit strange to go back into Hornsby Council issues after hearing that, but we'll give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, you've talked a lot of the things that need to be done in the area. So I might like to jump now to a couple of the successes. You're in the three years into a four-year term. Um, yep. It was only going to be three years. You know, what have been some yeah. of the individual and collective successes you've had? Well, it's got to be, it's got to be the trees. Um, I remember when I was on BMAC before I was on council, we were fighting council to stop chopping, letting people chop the trees down. Um, and finally we got, and we got to, we got to say, well, good on Philip Ruddock for helping us for doing that because, you know, got to give credit where it's due. He's a tree hugger himself, although not necessarily a native tree hugger, but nevertheless still a tree hugger. So, so yeah, he did a good job and, and we all supported him. That's the thing I think about this council, apart from the other councils, is that we have we have worked together and supported each other on most of the issues, you know, where we've been, you know, central on those issues. So I think the environment's an answer. There are still some elements to be addressed relating to those tree issues, because there's still a lot of trees getting chopped down. And the 1050 issue is, and we put a proposal in to try and adjust that, 
can manage that because a lot of developers are just simply using it to say, well, you're, you're in a flame zone, you're within 10 or 50 metres of, 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 of the bush, so chop all your trees down. So we still have to, we still got work to do, but I think the trees are really good and uh, are very good. Um, also with the community, the, the, the urban planning, um, we put forward many um, uh, proposals to the government. Um, now, they don't go quite as far as I would, I would have liked because I've lived in there are some pretty bad places. And as a child, if you have nowhere to play or play with your friends or bring your friends home to play with, you go somewhere to find company because we are pre-wired to look for company uh, with our peers. And if they're getting into trouble, well, that's not good for the community either. So um, they were building just as we were coming into council. They were just finishing some of these monstrosities, I call them in Hornsby, where they have these look like garden sheds on the roof. Uh, there's nowhere for the children to play. There's no common meeting areas. And so we are now at least just about on the road of getting those done. So but there is some community area, it's not perfect, but some area at the front and the back from to have somewhere where you can, you can go out there, uh, stop having it so that they can have these uh, uh, attics. So they just put a bit of garden shed on the top and it looks like some terrible thing and jazzing up the street. So that was a... Uh, you know, that's a positive. The communication with the people was another positive. That was one of our major program uh, things, was to try and get the community to have a say in what was happening. And we, we believe we are. We've been, I've been around with the other councillors and we've been to oh, everywhere. We've been out to the, the, all the rural areas. We've been out to uh, down there to Brooklyn and up there to... Up there to uh, uh, Cherrybrook and all those places. So we've been there, we've talked to the people, we've uh, surveyed the people and we're on our way. The other thing is that we're at least moving along with planning for Hornsby. Now Hornsby doesn't have a town hall. It doesn't have a skate park. It, and, and it has a couple of cycleways going to it, but there's not actually anything in it. So they've dug up the road for years and years and years. They put footpaths up, they're doing this and doing that. Not even a shared cycleway is inside. So the town plan is one of the most major things to be coming up uh, to try and work out where we can have things. We, for instance, we, the library is in need of um, upgrading. Um, but it was just a temporary thing for 10 or 15 years. Uh, the, the old man's valley, I've got, a, I've got a view on that of how we got into that thing in the first place, but it'll be really good. <laughs> it's gonna cost nearly a hundred million, um, but, it, but it should be really good, providing there's not too many palaces built. So well, I call palaces that expensive things that don't have to be expensive. They, uh, they uh, um, are something to be looked at and uh, admired maybe, but not necessarily that functional. The Wesley Sports Centre, I, I have my view on that as well, of how we paid $20 million for land we already owned. 
government land. So I don't know, but anyway, that'll be that'll be that'll be a good uh, a good project for the future. Um, but Hornsby, Hornsby with it, some sort of a town hall and some sort of a meeting place and some sort of a heart, and where everybody can move around. You can jump on your bike or your scooter at, at, at on the on the east side of Hornsby and cruise across there to the west side of Hornsby without getting run over. That'll be really, really good. That'll be really good. Thanks for that. Uh, you've got on the 4th of September next year, uh, the end of the cycle. Um, I won't ask you if you're planning to run or not run again, but moving, <laughs> moving, moving forward over the next 12 months, or a bit more than 12 months actually, what's, what are a couple of things you want to achieve between now and then? Well, I heard Janelle talk about the Sustainable Committee um, and how she's been involved in the past, as I have. And uh, getting that going would be really, really good. I, I, my, our house here is full of old stuff. And, and I see them filling up these bins with all these um, um, building materials and those sorts of things. There's so much stuff could be reused. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see the sustainability and when I say sustainability, I also mean reducing our carbon input. And that's everyone. It's all very well to say, well, you know, well, we'll, we'll, we'll go for zero carbon, but we have to actually do it. We've actually got to probably get out of our cars or whatever it is and make, make, the, make the area, make all of Hornsby Shire well, within reason, uh, make it uh, uh, be able to save it people will be able to walk from point A to point B and they will be encouraged to walk from point A to point B or use their scooters or ride their bikes or go with a friend or whatever. And so the key points I believe will be sustainability. And so we'll be having this action committee going. Now this, is, this hasn't gone because we haven't started it because of the coronavirus, but hopefully we'll get together with a, there's a lot of good people in it and we'll nut it out, break it up in the segments and uh, try and become it so, it so it's all sustainability, including reducing our carbon imprint, um, our carbon footprint, I'm sorry, um, and reducing our waste, the plastic usage. I mean, it's funny with plastic. I, many years ago when I was at uni, I did, I did energy and society and, and, and environmental stuff. And I was saying the best thing to do with plastic then, that's before we even heard of, of uh, global warming, that they did at the uni. Um, they're saying that the best thing they should do is bury it. And then once it's buried, come back in 20 years time or 100 years time and figure out another use for it. So the plastic is a problem too, is to reduce this plastic, but it all revolves around money. Yep. People make money out of plastic and people, uh, it costs more money not to use it. It costs a lot of money not to use plastic and use other products instead. So, wow, right. uh, what a job. <laughs> Well, you, you've got just over, <laughs> we've got just over twelve months to to fix it yeah. up for us. Thanks, Mick. Um, yeah. the, the final section, and I really appreciate your time, is what I call the rapid fire questions. And you've got an advantage yeah. over the others because they didn't know they were coming, but you know now, and you've yeah. probably heard a couple of the questions. So, nothing serious. First of all, you're happy to answer rapid fire questions with yeah. me, yeah. okay? So basically, I'll give you a couple of terms uh, and expressions, and then give me your, your initial thoughts on it. And a lot of them you've already touched on. So we'll just sort of see how we go. The first one starting off with is bushlands and waterways. Ah, 
fantastic. When I was a kid, um, I just lived in the bush, Old Man's Valley, running around the place. I think they're fantastic. We need to keep, uh, we have to keep on Sydney water in relation to the water going into the Hawkesbury Nepean catchment. Um, I believe, I mean, the place would be a disaster without Sydney water there. So it's no good saying that they're not doing a good job because they're doing a good job. But we just got to make sure they don't put too much water in there. It would be nice to find somewhere else to put that water, um, like on the farms or something over across the valley. Um, like to try and uh, keep some of the weeds at bay. But oh, it's just wonderful. And I think it's just fantastic living in a bush and shine. I think I feel privileged to just walk out the back and I could be, I could be a hundred miles from anywhere. Thanks for that. Uh, next one, culture and arts in the Shire. Culture and arts in the Shire is uh, a bit of a, uh, uh, not many people are involved in the culture and the arts in the Shire. Um, now we have a, we have a cultural arts centre up here at Barara. Um, the Barara Community Centre actually used to be, it keeps changing its name. Uh, well, someone keeps changing his name. Um, <laughs> that's the one we built for ten million dollars. Um, and and but but not 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 very much goes up. I'd like to see more cultural and arts going on. Um, Janelle's very involved in that. She does a very good job at that. Um, and the uh, uh, one down there, Edgeworth David Avenue, has some good culture and some art in it. And they do some art classes and that sort of stuff in it. I'd like to see more culture and arts. Um, we have lots of sport. And I think they've been looked after pretty well. And I think we should, not everyone is gonna be an A-grade footballer. Let's, let, let's expand ourselves. So I agree with that. I agree we should improve the cultures and arts. Okay, you've touched on this, traffic and parking in the Shire. Oh, traffic and parking in the Shire. That's the single, that's the single thing that everyone is in agreement on. <laughs> they can't find anywhere to park and it's too much traffic. But I can honestly say, I never, it hardly ever worries me. It, it, even the other day when I had to go and pick up my, my wife from the hospital and then, and then, and then my, uh, my mother-in-law from the hospital and then I had to take my father-in-law to the hospital. So this has all been happening in the last week or so. I didn't really have any trouble finding any park. But I, before I used to go up there on the way to, on the way to work at, at, at seven o'clock in the morning, and it was not a parking space within a kilometre of Barara Station. Uh, and it never used to be like that. So we need to have the alternative transport methods and we need to have a better, um, better, better parking strategy. And I think we're going to have to settle that we're going to have to pay for parking. Now, when they were building the Hornsby Hospital, uh, all these new bits on Hornsby Hospital, they had a bus service, they had a shuttle bus service to the station, from the station to the hospital. It was fantastic. But now that's been cut. And the reason it's been cut is it's a private parking station, which is okay. It's okay. But they want to make money. They don't want to make they won't make money by having a bottle shop, a bottle service, driving anyone to the station to Hornsby Hospital and or in the middle. They will make money by people parking their cars. And that's it. That's what it all comes down to, how to make money. All right, um, Aboriginal Indigenous people in the Shire. I think it's great. Um, uh, a gentleman approached me the other day about um, um, renaming 
the, I don't actually have it here. I'll probably grab it, but I better not because I'm on the thing. Um, renaming the uh, the nursery at uh, Pennant Hills to a, uh, there's a couple of names there, but I'd like to have. And I think we need to um, acknowledge the position, which is not easy and not an easy position um, with white people um, coming to Australia. Acknowledge it and then, and then move on. Um, I'd like to support this. And there's also another one of uh, another proposal to uh, give an Aboriginal name to parts of Dangar Island and those areas there. So I think that would be a start. And uh, I, I know uh, uh, Mariko and a few other people who are involved in that. So great stuff. Keep it up and acknowledge it and, uh, and uh, get along with everyone. Thanks for that. Medium density housing. Oh. <laughs> well, as I said, I've, I've lived in some pretty awful places and there has to be a place for some sort of medium density housing. Um, I, I've got some views on it. it it's, it's hard. They have these things, uh, they call them uh, um, uh, boarding houses. And what they are is is a house, which is what I would have always lived in, but those are always of low quality. Um, it, it's a house that would have, in suburbia, that would have maybe four little separate flats in it. Some people say, oh, that's terrible. I think, on my, my view, that's good. The one got somewhere to park their car, that's good. However, I think the medium, the 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 high, the you know medium to high density around Hornsby is it's uh, it's is really it's really crook. Uh, I've I've been expressing my view on that for a long time. Um, I believe it should be a, 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 a ratio. There should be a ratio there where at least half the land of those high rise apartments is open space for people to use. Um, but not everyone thinks we should have high rise or all that sort of thing. So uh, it's very difficult to get consensus there. Uh, I know we've people will jump up and down if we had some high rise in Barara. We don't have high rise in Barara because of the fire regulations at the moment, I believe. Uh, but if it ever does come, if it was well designed, ah, I could live with it, I suppose. Um, but that's my view. If everyone in Hornsby Shire said, well, no, we don't want it, well, I'd have to represent them and, and go against because that's my job is to represent the people, not me. <laughs> two, more, <laughs> two more to go for you. Yeah. <laughs> this one you've already hinted at several times so far, but maybe council-wide, COVID-19. Yeah, it's been really, uh, it's been really devastating for something. I know my son got caught here he was having he came down from the kimberley he had an operation and he was caught here and i he lived he works at uh, up in the kimberley in a sort of tourist place he's an environmental scientist and he's the he's he's manager and he was trapped here with his with his girlfriend um my daughter is a a, a nursing unit manager at royal north shore and uh she's 
in one of those clinics waiting for all the people to come in and they haven't come, which is really, really good. I think the government's done a great job. I think, I think probably the worst part about the virus is the mental, the mental stuff it's creating. It's creating a very negative environment for people to live in. They're keeping, they're worrying about what's going to happen. They're worrying about where, where they're going to get the money from to pay their rent. And if everything's going good, they may feel guilty. So, you know, it is a difficult time. Um, but we, we will get through it. But, uh, and we've had other things up at Barara here and in some of other parts, we've had these storms and the hailstorms. And so it has been a bit of a depressing, a depressing year or so. But, but, you know, we live in a great place. And so we've got good people around. And I say, if you, if you, if you need a hand, I haven't got any phone numbers here, but just, just give Lifeline a call or Beyond Blue or something like that and have a bit of a chitty chat with them and okay. they'll, uh, and they'll happily, uh, they'll happily talk to people. <laughs> and finally, I guess in a sentence or a phrase, um, what the future looks like for Hornsby. Great. Well, Mick, is there anything uh, you want to uh, ask or anything you want to sort of wrap up with yourself personally? No, look, I'm, I've, I've wrapped up with myself. I've, I've, I've discussed that several times with other people who've thought they knew what I wanted to be and I've said I'm pretty happy with myself so I don't need anything. And I think Hornsby is a really good place but move on. In other words, don't sit there thinking about it. Let's do it. Let's get Hornsby uh, as a great place it should be. It should have town halls, cycleways, skate parks, cultural centres. Let's get them. Let's get them. And, and one of the things I'd like, yeah, look, one thing that, that, that does irk me is that at the moment, people can have land that is rezoned and they just make a fortune out of it. We need to, I actually parked a motion for council a while ago, I don't know what happened to it, to look at value capturing. And that is where, when land, when land is rezoned by council, that they share in some of the profits of that rezoning. So someone's got a block of land worth a million bucks and then we rezone that land for high rise and that becomes a hundred million bucks. That person should share some of that money with the people of Hornsby. And now I, that's what I'd like to see happen. So, so, so to tell, tell me, Mick, how um, people can contact you if they want to. They can phone me. I can give you the phone number here right now, if you like. It's up to you. 0401003934. Or look on the council website. It'll be on there. And it's Mick Maher. I don't even know my own email address. Mick Maher at hornsby.nsw. .gov.au. And are you on social media? I am sometimes. I, 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 my wife looks at it uh, probably far more often than I do. I, I do. I have a Micmar Council site on Facebook, A Ward Councillor. So, so, so you can look on there. So I'm on Facebook. I'll, I'll respond to anyone who emails me. If someone puts on Facebook, they'd like me to call them. I'll happily call them. <laughs> 
I can hear the birds in the background. So you've actually given everyone a feel for um, your sustainable yeah. living. Yeah, yeah, birds everywhere. That's Little amazing. birds and big birds. Isn't that lovely? Look, thank yes. you so much for your time and all the best to your family. You've obviously been going through okay. a busy time with everyone's yes. health, but I appreciate yes. your time, all the work you've done for the community and um, all the best for the weekend when it comes your way. Well, well, thank you for the opportunity and uh, nice talking to you and I look forward to seeing your happy, smiling face at the next council meeting. Plenty <laughs> will get you everywhere, Mick. All right, thank you. Thank, thank you for your time. Thank you. All right, we'll wrap it thank, up now, thank but stay online.